Hi, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Ball Don't Lie podcast. My name is Audie Elmore, and thank you so much for joining us here for the second, or not the second episode, this is like the fourth or the fifth episode, I don't even know, I don't even know exactly what episode this is, but we're here again once more, and uh, I've got a lot to talk about, and I'm really excited about, and um, it was a good week in the NFL, it was a good week to um, talk about all sorts of different things, and and uh, but but there's one thing, there's one thing that I really want to talk about more than anything else uh, that has happened and is happening in the city of Cincinnati this week, and that is the final game of one Marty Brenneman. So we'll get into some Marty Brenneman talk. Um, we'll talk about the Reds a little bit. We'll talk about the NFL and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, the, the the thing that that really and thank you guys so much for listening over the past uh, three episodes or so. I've gotten a lot of great feedback. Um, a lot of people seem to enjoy when Damian and Josh came on last week. That was ho- that was a, a whole bunch of fun um, um, recording the the podcast with them. I've got another uh, another group of ideas or set of ideas in my head um, of, of some ways to to, uh, to talk to people and to bring them on the podcast and other guests coming up. So. I'm really excited about that and excited about that idea and where it continues to go. Um, I haven't been necessarily consistent on when this podcast is going to get uh, released and so on and so forth. So uh, bear with me on that. Uh, my, my schedule is never the same. It changes seemingly every day. So um, yeah, so all that being said, thank you guys. I've gotten a lot of great comments and I'm very thankful and uh, really excited about everything. Um but yeah, let's let's just let's just not wait. Let's not waste any time. Let's just get right into it. Um, listen, this week is one of the most important weeks, really, in my opinion, in the history of the Reds, um, and it's going to be one of the most emotional weeks um, in Cincinnati. I'm I'm recording this on Wednesday night, September the 25th, and uh, on tomorrow. Uh, not on tomorrow, but tomorrow on Thursday when this comes out and when most people will be listening to it. Um, that is Marty Brenneman's last broadcast for the Cincinnati Reds. That is his final broadcast in a 46-year career of calling Reds baseball. And it is going to be an, a highly emotional day for Marty. It's going to be a highly emotional day um, for the Reds. It's going to be a highly emotional day for Reds fans. And it's going to be one of the most important days, in my opinion, in the history of the franchise. Marty is a Hall of Famer. He won the Ford C. Frick Award in 2000, uh, enshrining him forever in Cooperstown, New York. He is and has been the voice of the Cincinnati Reds for 46 years now. He started in 19, I believe, oh gosh, I can't even remember off the top of my head. It's 1974 or something like that. Um, and, uh, he, he was just really incredible. And, and, uh, he, it's hard to explain really what Marty Brenneman means to me. Um, and you know, this week and working at WLW, which is the flagship station, of the Reds radio network and, and being able in, in a limited capacity in my young radio career to have worked with Marty on some spring training games and the occasional regular season game. I've had the chance to talk to him a little bit. I've met him before. Uh, I'm not sure that there is one person who is more singularly responsible for me and my career path. The thing about Marty is, you know, there, there's a short list of people, a short list of men or, or women and, and, you know, a short list of people in general that are the reason that I am where I'm at today. And listen, I'm not where I want to be. I'm, I'm very, 
very early on. I'm less than a year into my radio career. Um, but there are people that they don't know it, but they guide you in a certain direction. Right. And Marty Brenneman is one of those people. And he's on that short list of guys like Dan Horde, Brad Johansson, um, you know, other people in the industry. And I know that, that those people are, are, are very, very different from Marty Brenneman and that's fine, but everybody pushes you in a, in a way that, that you don't expect, or they have some sort of impact on you when you want to get into this career or into this business. And Marty Brenneman is, is the one that had the earliest impact on me without a doubt. He has been a part of my life for as long, as long as I've been alive for, I'm 24 years old and I've heard Marty on the radio, in the car and around the house for, for all 24 of my 24 years on this earth. And he, he truly is. And this is, is, uh, is something that's been said several times, um, now, but Marty is the soundtrack of summer. He's the soundtrack to our sports lives, specifically in Cincinnati. Cincinnati, we have a long lineage of great sportscasters, specifically with the Reds, great voices of the Reds. You had, um, you had Al Michaels and Marty Brenneman and Wayne Hoyt and, and, and all these great, great people over the, this entire run um, of Reds baseball. And Marty Brenneman, none of them have encapsulated a fan base, uh, have encapsulated an organization, and have done a better job of representing Reds baseball, Reds fans, and the Cincinnati com- community more than Marty Brenneman. And uh, I will forever remember... Um, the, the time, first of all, that the first time I got to work with him, the first time I met him, um, the first time he said my name on air, these are all just like, like by far the coolest thing that's ever happened to me, ever. Um, and I would play it on here, but I don't own it. <laughs> I don't actually don't own that audio. Um, that's, uh, that's the Reds audio, but um, it's just, it, it's very, very cool to me. And, uh, you know, Marty and I are not close by any means, and uh, he probably really doesn't even know who I am. Um, but you know, in the, in the few conversations that I've had with him, it's by far been the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. And from the bottom of my heart, uh, both as a Reds fan, as someone that's wanted to get into this industry, as someone that just appreciates sports and baseball and the radio industry, uh, a heartfelt thank you to Marty Brenneman for his, his 46 years. He was not the typical play-by-play broadcaster. First of all, he was the best, and, and you know you can talk about Vin Scully, and you can talk about all these great baseball broadcasters, and I know that I'm biased, but Marty Brenneman was the best. He is the best. He forever will be the best. Um, he had this, and, and still has this incredible honesty um, about him that is is what makes him different and sets him apart. He doesn't care what the club thinks. He doesn't care what the players think. He doesn't care what the manager thinks. He's going to tell you how he feels. He's going to tell you what he thinks. And that is something that is, is highly appreciated by Reds fans and by fans uh, across all baseball. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, it's tomorrow. I, luckily, luckily, I've gotten tickets and I'm going to be able to be at the game and I might actually have a chance to say hi to Marty. So hopefully. Um, but, you know, it's just it's hard to explain the impact that someone like him has had not only on me, but on thousands of others, you know, and, and if you've listened to any sports talk radio in Cincinnati this week, you've heard people calling in, people telling stories of listening to Marty on a transistor radio or growing up listening to Marty in the backyard or, or listening to Reds games on the way to vacation and, and listening to Marty and Joe and, and Marty and the cowboy and so on and so forth. 
and and when I say that he's the soundtrack to our lives, the soundtrack to our sports lives, the soundtrack, the soundtrack to summer. It's just it's what most of us as as Reds fans and in Cincinnati have always known as summertime. It's it's just having Marty and Joe on in the car, Marty and the cowboy on in the backyard, whatever it is. And and a lot of people, you know, older people grew up. Um, listening when when the Reds were playing in the National League Western Division when they would go out west quite frequently you know a lot of people grew up with those transistor radios under their pillow listening to the Reds um, as they went to bed you know you know and and I don't have a transistor radio uh, but I do have the MLB at bat app and a couple weeks ago the Reds were in Seattle and uh, I was getting ready for bed I turned on the MLB at bat app turned on the broadcast and fell asleep listening to Marty and the Cowboy just call the game from Seattle. And, you know, I, I don't have those, you know, you know, the, those perfect transistor radio stories that a lot of people do, but even something like that is something that I'll, I'll forever cherish. And, you know, I was pretty young when Joe Nuxall stepped away, but I do still have memories of, of Marty and Joe and how much fun that they had in the booth and calling games for all the years that they did. There'll never be another duo, in my opinion, ever, um, in any sort of broadcast booth with the amount of chemistry and fun and happiness um, that Marty Brenneman and Joe Nuxall had together. And, and the old left-hander, I'm sure he's looking down this week and smiling and, and crying and, and doing the whole nine yards, um, really happy for Marty and, and everything. And, you know, I'll just uh, there's certain memories from time to time that stick out to me um, listening to Marty. You know, his, uh, his, his call of Ken Griffey Jr.'s 500th home run will forever be etched in my memory. Um, the Pete Rose hit number 4192 was one of the best calls in the history of baseball. Um, and then there's other things that, that stick out to me. Like I remember driving in the car with my dad one day and, uh, and it was, it was just, it was the Reds game was on, we had it on the radio and it was just silence. And this is something that, that Marty and Joe did quite frequently when the game was kind of boring or when they didn't feel like talking, they would just let the game go. And you heard nothing but the crowd noise. You heard that crowd mic turned up and you just felt like you were listening in to the ballpark. And I remember thinking at one point, gosh, they haven't talked in a really long time. And then they just picked up right where they left off and they go and and, and take you into the game so easily and take you in and out of the game so easily and that was a memory I have. And then another memory I have, I, I was with my mom and my dad somewhere. I forget where we were going, but we were listening to the Reds and, and Norris Hopper. You know, bonus points if you remember Norris Hopper and his brief stint with the Cincinnati Reds. Norris Hopper, I believe they were in Pittsburgh. Norris Hopper dives for a ball in the outfield and just tears his shoulder all up, messed the whole thing up. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, it was a very, it was a pretty serious injury. And, um, Marty and, and, and I, I don't remember at the time, it may have been the Cowboy, but I remember Marty describing how Norris Hopper had dove for the ball and, and injured his shoulder and so on and so forth. It's just random stuff like that, that sticks into my mind. And, and when I think of Marty Brenneman, I think of summer, I think of happy times, I think of baseball and I think of history. I think of the rich history of the Cincinnati Reds. Um, and you know, listen, Marty is, is, uh, He's a legend here. He's a legend to me. He's a legend to a lot of people at this, at this radio station. Uh, there are a few people that have 
had much of an impact for the reason that I'm sitting in this studio, in this building right now, doing what I'm doing more than Marty Brenneman. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I have no true, real, you know, close connection. We're not friends or anything special like that. But Marty Brenneman, uh, f- seriously, from the bottom of my heart, man, thank you very much because uh, you have you've pushed me in ways that that uh, other people have have not and haven't thought about or have never even considered or, or anything like that. And, and you never knew it. And you had such a profound impact on me and you've had a profound impact on thousands upon thousands of people um, across the country for, for the way you go about your business. So fast forwarding a little bit to the game Thursday. So the Reds actually have four games left. They're playing a game right now. And, and I was listening as I was coming in to, to record this and, um, Marty is, is, is recording the game with his son, Tom, which I think is very, very cool. And he had their grandkids on and so on and so forth. And, and it's been such a fun atmosphere, um, for Marty and everyone over the past uh, couple of days as this is his last homestand. So this is his second to last um, game. This is his last night game. And then Thursday, uh, the 26th, is his last game um, total. And so that's a 12:35 game. That's against the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, I was lucky enough to get tickets, and uh, my dad and I are going to go. And uh, a very, very uh, just tremendous giveaway by the Cincinnati Reds. They have done a great job honoring Marty um, with the way they've decided to do this. They're giving out 20,000 transistor radios. The WLW station is taking off the delay so that the game can be heard um, as it's being played with no delay from everyone inside the stadium on the transistor radios. Um, it, it's it's going to be such an awesome tribute. The game's going to be played on MLB Network. It's going to be aired on TV on MLB Network with the WLW feed so that people can listen to Marty's last call. You know, it, it, it means a lot to me to to go to that game and to be able to go with my dad who, uh, you know, who got me hooked on Marty and got me hooked on the Reds and sports in general. And I have so many memories of, of being in the car with my dad uh, going to and from various places, going to and from games, and, and listening to Marty and, and him describe the action. It's some of the, the fondest memories that I'll ever have with my dad. Um, so I'm really excited about this and, and the chance to go and, and to, to be there and experience it and hopefully get to go onto the field afterwards with the uh, the the Q&A with Marty and Jim Day. And, and it's, it's I'm just I'm so excited, man. And, and, and it's going to be an emotional day for Marty. He said uh, on Wednesday that it's going to be the, the hardest day of his life. Um, he even got a little choked up a little bit ago when his grandkids were on the call with him. Um, and he's going to continue to get choked up, man. It's, it's very important to him and, and the, the kind words and the, the way people have, have, uh, have honored him uh, are, has been really, really well done um, by the Reds and by everyone really um, involved. So... Like I said, tomorrow, or when you're reading this, game starts at 12.35. It's going to be on MLB Network, Fox Sports Ohio, with a WLW feed. You can tune in on the on the MLB At-Bat app. It's totally free um, on that day for that game. Uh, tune in to WLW, 700 WLW in Cincinnati. Um, and, yeah, the, the game, it's going to be a very, very special and emotional day in Cincinnati. So, um, I'm really excited to get to the ballpark, get one of those transistor radios, spend the day with my dad, and enjoy uh, the last the last broadcast of Marty Brenneman and the end of an era. It's gonna be it's gonna be really, uh, really, really cool, and I'm really looking forward to it. So, like I said before, and I've repeated myself, I understand 
Marty Brenneman, incredible impact on me, on thousands and thousands of others, and someone that I truly look up to and someone that has molded and changed my life more than he will ever know. Um, and it's going to be, it's just not going to be the same without him. And uh, from the bottom of my heart to Marty, to the people that, that work behind the scenes and everyone that has, has, has made this happen over the last 46 years, thank you on behalf of Reds fans and on behalf of, of those of us who um, are inspired by you each and every day. Thank you. All right, so I know I have to get better at uh, at doing these transitions. I got to find some sound or something to put in there. Um, but yeah, we're we're moving on now past the Marty Brenneman and the Reds and all that, and uh, let's talk a little bit of NFL. Let's go through uh, the results of Week Three in the NFL. It started on Thursday Night Football with the Titans at the Jags, and uh, it was an ugly game, uh, but the Jags came out on top and that one twenty to seven. Gardner Minshew. Uh, the fifth Jaguars quarterback with two touchdowns or more, touchdown passes or more in the first quarter of a game. So uh, a solid performance by him. And those teams both go to one and two. The Bills beat my Bengals 21-17 to in what was a really, really ugly uh, game for the Cincinnati Bengals. But they were in it, and they had a chance to win it, and they didn't. And such seems, seems to be the story of the season so far. The Bills are 3-0. and The Bengals are 0-3. The Bills, one of three AFC teams to begin the season 3-0. and The other, uh, one of the others is in their division. The New England Patriots, a big matchup in week four this week. The Dallas Cowboys all over the Dolphins, 31-6. Dak Prescott, the fastest quarterback ever in Cowboys history to reach 75 career passing touchdowns. And uh, the Dolphins are horrible. The Packers beat the Broncos 27-16. to The Pack go to 3-0. Denver to 0-3. They continue their losing streak dating back to last season. And Aaron Rodgers has now a 13-2-1 record in his last 16 starts in Green Bay. And he'll be starting in Green Bay again tonight when the Eagles and the Packers take on each other at Lambeau Field on Thursday night football. The Colts 27-24 over the Falcons. The Colts go to 2-1. and one. They snapped a five-game home opener losing streak, including last year's home opener when the Bengals beat them. Great day. I was there. Spectacular. Who day? I got to, you know, got to find something positive to say. Chiefs and Ravens, game of the day. Some might say 33-28. Kansas City comes out on top. They've now scored 25-plus points in 24 straight games, which is an NFL record. Andy Reid and that offense is moving. 3-0 Kansas City, 2-1 Baltimore. The Vikings at home win 34-14 over the Oakland Raiders. 2-1 now for Minnesota and 1-2 for Oakland. Adam Thielen had two touchdowns, one in the air and one on the ground. The Patriots, like I said, are 3-0. They beat up on the Jets 30-14. The Jets go to 0-3 on the season. And Tom Brady passes Drew Brees for the second most passing touchdowns in NFL history with 522 in that game. The Lions are still undefeated. They go to 2-0-1 with a 27-24 victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. That's three straight wins against the Eagles for Detroit. The Eagles fall to 1-2, and and they have a quick turnaround tonight at Lambeau Field. The Cardinals and the Panthers. The Panthers, uh, they may do without Cam Newton, 38-20. Kyle Allen had a very solid game for Carolina, and now it looks like Cam Newton's going to be out in week four as well, so Allen will be the guy again. They're 1-2, and two, and they won 38-20 to 20 over the Cardinals, who go to 0-2-1. Christian McCaffrey has the most scrimmage yards in the first three seasons in team history for Carolina. Daniel Jones, in the game that created the most buzz as he was 
uh, picking up for Eli Manning, who has benched in favor of Daniel Jones. The, he leads a comeback to get the, get the to get the Giants. I don't know what I what was that noise? I don't know what that was. <laughs> the Giants 32-31 winners over Tampa Bay after a missed field goal and a questionable decision by Tampa head coach Bruce Arians. And it's 32 to 31. New York beats uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Both those teams go to to one and two. Daniel Jones, a go-ahead seven-yard rushing touchdown with a minute 21 remaining to give the Giants the lead. The Texans and the Chargers. The Texans win 27 to 20. They go to two and one. The Chargers fall to one and two, and they outscored the Chargers 20 to three in the second half. So not a good second half. For the Chargers, Saints and Seahawks, like I said, it might be juicy with Breeze. It was juicy regardless, even without him. 33-27, to Teddy Bridgewater with a really solid start. And that was the first win for the Saints without Breeze as a starter since 2005, which is pretty incredible. So 33-27 winners for the Saints over the Seahawks. Both those teams now go to 2-1. and one. The Steelers and the 49ers out in Santa Clara. The 49ers are now 3-0 after a 24-20 victory over Pittsburgh. The Steelers fall to 0-3, and the Niners are 3-0 for the first time since 1998. So that is an interesting one. And and, uh, in the same division, both teams, AFC North, NFC West, the Rams beat the the Cleveland Browns 20-13, which is just a sweet thing to say anytime Cleveland loses after their offseason hype. 20-13, 20-13, to 13, the Rams go to 3-0. and They are with the 3-0 49ers out there in the NFC West. Cleveland falls to 1-2. and two. Uh, Cooper Cup, two receiving touchdowns, which ties a career high in that game for him. So Cleveland uh, falls to 1-2. and two. Uh, Every team in the AFC North lost this week. An 0-4, uh, an 0-4, an 0-4 week for the AFC North. Really not fun at all. Monday night football, it was the Bears all over the Redskins, 31-15. The game wasn't even that close. Uh, Bears go to two and one, and the Redskins to zero oh and three. The Redskins are two and eighteen in their last twenty Monday night home games. That's some Bengal-like numbers uh, right there for Washington. So, a really pr- a pretty interesting week. It wasn't anything special by any means. Um, I was impressed with with New Orleans and their effort with Teddy Bridgewater to win that game. I was actually really impressed with Cleveland in the way without most of their starting secondary, they held their own and. And, and kept their team in the game on Sunday night football against the, the Los Angeles Rams. I thought that was a very impressive performance um, by the Browns. Um, and, and, and I think the Ravens showed a lot as well. They, their offense essentially went toe-to-toe um, with Andy Reid and the Chiefs in Kansas City. And uh, unfortunately, they couldn't get the win. You know, unfortunately for Ravens fans, at least, they couldn't get the win. Um, but I think they continue to show, and Lamar Jackson continues to show, that he is the real deal, and he's here to stay, and they are legitimate contenders uh, in the AFC. So moving along to week four in the NFL, uh, there's a lot of good games this week. Um, Like I said, the Eagles and Packers, when you're listening to this, they will be kicking things off tonight. They will kick week four off tonight at 8.20. That game is on Fox. So now the good part about Thursday Night Football now, after the first two games are exclusively on NFL Network, the rest of these games will be uh, nationally telecast on Fox, on Amazon Prime, and on NFL Network. So uh, tonight at 8.20, the Eagles are at the Packers. I think that'll be a really good football game. The Packers have had a tremendous defense to start this season. They still have the best quarterback in the league in Aaron Rodgers. And then you've got Doug Peterson, who knows everything about anything about offense and uh, he can call a great game at any time. The Eagles are banged up. They're hurt. Their defense isn't playing too bad at all. 
Um, but Carson Wentz is, has been struggling a little bit. I think that'll be an interesting game. Moving on to Sunday now. And, uh, yeah, there's some good games in this group. Starting off with an AFC North battle. Uh, all the AFC North teams play each other this week. The Browns will travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens at 1 o'clock on CBS. The Titans are in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta to take on the Falcons. That's a 1 o'clock game on CBS. Uh, I think probably the most interesting game of the day will be the Patriots, <clears throat> excuse me, the Patriots and the Bills, both 3-0 and teams in the AFC East. That game being played, oh gosh, excuse me. All right, I'm back. I had to go get some water. Sorry about that. You guys didn't know that because you can't tell because I just paused it and it was just felt like I didn't even change. Yeah, but uh, I'm better. As, uh, at least I think so. All right, so like I said, Patriots-Bills, 3-0 and matchups there. That game's at 1 o'clock on CBS. Uh, the Chiefs and the Lions at Ford Field in Detroit, another 1 o'clock game. That one's on Fox. You got the Panthers and the Texans from Houston. That might be the sneaky good game of the day. I think the Patriots and Bills will be the game of the day. But Panthers-Texans is really, really interesting. That's a 1 o'clock game on Fox. The Raiders and the Colts, uh, shout-out to my guy Caleb Martin, big Raiders fan, heading over to Indianapolis on Sunday to watch his Raiders take on the Colts. That's a 1 o'clock game on CBS. Should be some points scored in that game. Moving right along here, we've got the Chargers and the Dolphins. Chargers looking to rebound. It, It was announced today, as I'm recording this just moments ago, that Chargers running back Melvin Gordon, who has been holding out for a new contract, is going to end his holdout and report to the Chargers facility on Thursday when most of you will be listening to this. He probably will not play this week against the Dolphins, uh, but Melvin Gordon will end his holdout and report to training camp, or excuse me, to the Chargers facility um, on Thursday. They play that game in Miami at 1 o'clock on Sunday, MetLife Stadium, East Rutherford, New Jersey, the Redskins and the Giants, an NFC East matchup, a 1 o'clock game on Fox. Seahawks-Cardinals from State Farm Stadium in Glendale, that's a 4.05 game on Fox. The Buccaneers go out west to take on the Rams, another 4.05 game on Fox. And then you have the Vikings and the Bears. That's a 425 kick from Soldier Field, and the Bears are going to be wearing their 1936 throwback uniforms, and those things are super, super sharp. So definitely tune in. If, if you like uniforms like I do, that's one you're going to want to tune in for. Jags-Broncos. The Broncos looking to end that uh, that losing streak. They're finally at home again, and they have uh, they have yet to get a sack this season, so they're going to be looking – to get one on Gardner Minshew and the Jags. That's a 425 game on CBS. And then your Sunday night game should be a good one. Cowboys at the Dome to take on the Saints. Obviously, Drew Brees not going to be involved in that one, but the undefeated Dallas Cowboys at 3-0 taking on the 2-1 Saints in what is always a difficult place to play. And then your Monday night game, and uh, Lord be with us. Lord be with us. The Bengals and the Steelers on Monday Night Football, two 0-3 teams. And as far as I'm concerned, let's just go ahead and make this the Super Bowl. Um, the season, it's it's really, I was going to say, the season's not tanked. It's not by, all, by, by, at any, by any means, he said, stammering. But, it, you know, it's a very important game here. If the Bengals lose this game 0-4 and, and then they turn around, they got Arizona, Jacksonville, the Rams, the, the Ravens, it's just... It's it's going to be really hard to rebound from this. And let's say, you know, let's say the Browns knock off 
Baltimore on Sunday. If the Bengals can knock off Pittsburgh on Monday night, you're all of a sudden just one game out of first place in the AFC North, and your season is still alive. So something to think about. Um, and, and listen, this is a huge game for Zach Taylor. This is a huge game for the Bengals' defense. Um, they don't play well on prime time. They never did under Marvin Lewis. Now listen, this isn't Marvin Lewis. This isn't his team. It's different. Things are different. The, the personnel is, is mostly the same. I understand that. But there's a different mood around this team. There's a mood, a different mood around the organization. And and the goal really is to, to not care whether or not you're playing at 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, or 8.15 on Monday night. The, the goal is to win. And the goal is to, to hold yourself accountable and not be afraid of the bright lights in the big city. And that's the, that's the deal on Monday night. And I hope the Bengals can go in there and make a statement and, and finally play up to their full potential. They've never been able to put everything all together at once. It's going to be a hostile environment. The rivalry, despite the fact that Marvin's gone, despite the fact that Pac-Man Jones and Vontez Perfect and Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, and, and they're all gone and Ben Roethlisberger's hurt, it doesn't matter. The teams still hate each other, and the fans hate each other, and it's going to be a, a crazy environment. It's a huge game for the offense. The, it's just a huge game, really, for the Bengals in general overall. They have to go into Heinz Field in Pittsburgh on Monday night and win this game if they have any hopes for doing anything, making any sort of noise um, this season whatsoever. And I have a lot of thoughts on the Bengals. I really do. But I want to save them until after Monday night to get a true read on, on what this team is, who they are. Um, your, your first divisional game, it's going to be a slobber knocker, in my opinion. Um, but the Bengals are wearing the color rush unis. They always seem to play well in those color rush unis. So fingers crossed that that happens. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve judgment. I have a lot to say, especially after the Bills game. Um, but I want to give them one more week, get the quarter of the way through the season before I really you know dive in and 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 uh, give you guys my true the depths of my true thoughts on the Cincinnati Bengals. The two teams, by the way, on the bye this week are the 3-0 49ers and the 0-3 Jets. So those two teams will be on a bye in week four. So that basically, as far as I'm concerned, let me let me look over my notes here. Um, yeah, that basically does it. That's basically all I have. Look, I'm looking forward to Thursday. It's going to be a big day of sports-wise for me. I'm, I'm really excited to hang out with my dad uh, to, to listen to Marty's last matchup, to be at the ballpark. Listen, my dad and I go to opening day every year. It's my favorite day of the year. It's not even close. It's it's what I look forward to each year more than anything else, anytime. Um, so we're going to be going to the Reds' first home game that we went to earlier this year, and we're going to be at the Reds' last home game in the last game uh, for Marty Brenneman. Really looking forward to that. Anytime spent at the ballpark with my dad is time well spent and obviously getting to listen to Marty in that last broadcast and it's going to be an emotional day for a lot of people and, and I'm really looking forward to it and then obviously coming back home uh, chilling relaxing and uh, turning on a little Aaron Rodgers Carson Wentz Matt LaFleur Doug Peterson action for Thursday night football and the words of the great Bart Scott can't wait so yeah thank you guys so much for listening you can follow me on all my social medias which is basically just Twitter and Instagram at Audie Elmore, A-U-T-Y-E-L-M-O-R-E. Be sure to check out the YouTube channel as well, uh, youtube.com slash Audie Elmore. Again, that's A-U-T-Y-E-L-M-O-R-E. Thank you so much for listening to, oh gosh, what episode is this, four, five, whatever. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ball Don't Lie podcast. We'll see you next week. Peace.